This is Shudders Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi and welcome to episode 510 of Shudders Inc. This is Bruce Williams from ShuddersIncPodcast.com and joining us once again, almost out of lockdown from CreativePhotoWorkshops.com.au, it is Mr. Glenn Lavender. What is that? Shut up, nutty penguins. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's cold out here, Bruce. Cold. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody penguins are moved into my bedroom. Is that cold? It's Shush. cold here too. Oh, it's, it's, it's even cold in Queensland. It's snowing Apparently. in the Blue Mountains, which is only a hundred kilometres from here. It's, uh, it's, but it's probably, oh, probably snowing closer to Melbourne than it is to me. So I don't know. Actually, I think it's missing us. I think all that, that, that actual snow stuff is actually. Oh really? Yeah. yeah the, no, the real cold, cold, it's cold. Not, is, not missing us. I can tell you that. Yes, up where it would be snowing for us is seven degrees. So you know, oh, it's not, okay, yeah, not real cold. No, right. But uh, in fact, yeah, I shouldn't really be bleating. It's, it's only eight here. You know? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's actually, no, my, my, my thing says twelve, but it feels like eight. Yeah, it feels like mine. It's, it's a bit of chilly. Have we got winds down here like crazy? Have we got the winds up there too? Uh, no, no, it's no. Not we're really. going to be losing trees tonight. I think it, it's absolutely nuts out uh, there. Just, so. just for those international listeners, we are talking centigrade, not Fahrenheit, <laughs> yeah, and we're also talking Australian cold, not the cold yeah, that yeah. maybe you guys yeah, get, it's not European yeah. cold. <laughs> you know, so if a Queenslander comes down to Victoria, <laughs> they go, they bring a a, you know, a, a warm jacket because it's twenty eight degrees Celsius, and it's really cold for them. Right. You know. <laughs> Uh, they have their air conditioners. So they have their heaters. No, their air conditioners. They have their air conditioners set for like twenty-five degrees. That's right. Uh, in winter, I have my heater set for twenty for twenty. So I mean, you can see there's a there's a disparity in what what we call cold and they call cold, yeah. and what we call cold probably what you would call cold. Yep. Because ha- having spent a winter in minus forty plus is <laughs> not minus forty plus. How do you do that? If it's if it's minus forty and Lesser, so towards the coldest has got down to minus forty-eight. So minus forty is that Fahrenheit plus, or centigrade? Uh, centigrade. Yeah, right. That's cold. So, yeah, but <laughs> my, so is it is it minus forty plus? Or is it minus forty and then minus some more? Yeah, I think it's minus a bit more. Because here, yeah, oh, it's going to go 30, <laughs> 30 plus degrees. It's going to go up. It's above thirty, but you can't go mi- minus plus because yeah. that doesn't make an awful lot of sense. Yeah. I have to ask my my fourteen year old or thirteen year old daughter. She's got uh, she's better at those you know math equations where x equals yep. three. She might know how you do minus plus. Yeah. At the same time, I used to know how to convert centigrade to Fahrenheit, but I've forgotten the formula. Uh, yeah. Well, minus minus. I think it's something 40. like five ninths of the centigrade value, and then subtract thirty two. Yeah, but it, it, when you get down to like that cold, yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah. Minus forty is much colder than uh, minus forty Fahrenheit. It's much colder than minus forty centigrade. Oh yes, yes. So it flips the other way. But once you get to a certain point, oh, yeah, instead of being okay, so instead of being forty-five here and being like a hundred in Fahrenheit, yeah, it's in pluses. If it was minus forty-five Celsius, it's like minus a hundred Celsius. Right. That would yeah, be, be like minus yeah. Fahrenheit. It'd be like minus seventy or something. Right. Fahrenheit. <laughs> it, go, it goes the other way anyway. Let's put it that way. Anyway, this week on the weather podcast. That's uh, the weather channel. Well, we might as well talk about that. There's nothing photography-wise to talk about, do we? We didn't record last week, did we? We did not. Do you know why? Um, because I'll I... I'll tell the listeners. I Because Bruce be said, do you want to record? And I said, here's my one topic for the night. Photography is dead. Discuss. 
Why is photography dead, Mr. Lavender? Oh, it's just having a bad week. Right. <laughs> okay. Fair oh, it is dead anyway. Okay. I mean, it's dead as far as... Oh, all, all people seem to do is just do what other people have done. Yeah. They just they just do the same the same over and over and over and over and over and over and over. I went to this place and did the same photos that other guy did, but my tent was blue. Right. Really turned it up. Maybe you need to broaden the scope of the work that you hunt out and look at. Well, you reckon I should look for yellow tents? Yeah, that's what. That's it. That's exactly what I meant. Everything uh, that comes across know. my feed, even even people I don't know, it's just it's just so everything is so damn derivative. Yeah, everything is just copy. Everything is just if I see another, and this is not having to dig at you, if I see another bloody Red Riding Hood in a forest photo, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm starting to barrack for the wolf. <laughs> so I'm, saying, right? I'm thinking, uh, can you take down the photographers? I mean. Everything is its just like, I just don't know. It's painting by numbers. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you get your box and you, you, Look, they supply the paints, they supply the, the etched out thing with the numbers and you colour in the number they say. Yeah. Look, That's I all I'm saying. I feel as though photography is now, and it's a reflection of the ease with which it is now you know, available to produce content, is going through the same thing that music went through 30 years ago as... Hang a sec, hang a sec, hang a sec. That's the 90s? Yeah. Well, okay, just yeah. checking out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, right. see, when someone says 30 years ago, I'm still talking of the 70s. So I just had to double check on that. Oh, okay. No, just, you know, as the technology enabled more people to get involved in the creation of music in their bedrooms, you know, where computers yeah. got to the ability to, to capture audio and sound cards got better and microphones got cheaper and suddenly you didn't have to go into a $2,000 a day recording studio to actually make a record. You could do it at home. This created a glut of content musically and the same sort of thing happened. You you had a lot of bedroom artists who were just trying to replicate what they'd heard their favourite artists do. And I feel like we are now seeing the same thing in photography where photography has become so much more accessible to the masses through cheaper phones and, you know, uh, sorry, not cheaper, cheaper cameras and phones that have cameras on them. And, and those, you know, cameras have got better and better over the years. And so you're seeing more people creating content and, as you say, derivative of the people who came before them who were masters of the art. I, I feel like there's a correlation between those two things. Yeah, but see, the problem with the music yeah. was that it was curated only by record companies, record company executives who had no interest in music and all they wanted to do was make money. Yep. So they either went out and and found bands that sounded like the one that was selling at the moment, yep. or they made bands Correct. that created the same sound, and, so, and it's still going on today. Record of companies course. control what the sound is, as garbage as it may be. Yep. Who, no one's out there curating the photography. This is their own fault. Yeah. This is, the, this is their own individual artists. Doing, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm any better. Well, my is <laughs> derivative too. My <laughs> garbage, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I've been taking an original freaking photo in my life, yeah, which is probably why I'm not that enamoured with photography, you know. 
But um, yeah, I think you have plenty of fans who would argue against that. Yeah, but that also, if they were, if they looked, they go, oh, "Yeah, that's the same shit everyone else did." <laughs> you know, there's nothing, there's nothing different, unique, or interesting about that. As I said, the only, the only this is, I was, I was on, a, I did a, a, a live talk. Uh, I was supposed to go to a camera club this week and or last week and talk. Yeah, and um, because of COVID lockdown, we're still on lockdown for those people who I know. Yeah, couldn't go, so I did a, a Zoom one. And then and afterwards, there's I don't know ten or fifteen of them hang around, and we just sort of chatted. And, and, and a woman asked a question. She goes, you know, have you only ever wanted to photograph people? I said, well, no, it's not necessarily only ever, but at, at some point it became people. And I think the and then it, then it honed down almost to just the faces. Yeah. Unless what the scene was something. And I didn't put two and and then and then I, and then I sort of put two and two together at the time, which I never really thought about before. Uh, and I said. Because everything in photography is so damn derivative and everything is so boring and everything, there's only one person with that face. Yeah. Yeah, and okay, except they've got identical twins. And yeah, yeah, but within reason, there's <laughs> yeah, yeah. 8 billion people on the on the planet. Yeah. There's 8 billion. Okay, the composition's going to look the same. The lighting, all that other boring stuff's going to be the same. Yeah. But at least the main subject content is different. Yeah. Yeah, from shot to shot to shot to shot, yeah. you know? And maybe that's the only thing that keeps me in photography. Yeah. If if the the, the chance to photograph another, yeah, if I had to go do landscapes, I mean, where are you going to go that hasn't been tented with someone with a torch pointing at the Milky Way to death? <laughs> you know, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, and look, I'm sure I'm sure they don't listen. I hope well, no, I can't, I've been not in case they listen. They wouldn't listen. Who would they listen, Bruce? Who? So I, I got up this morning early, like I mean, like six o'clock this morning. That's early, you know, yeah, especially in yeah, lockdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, to listen to a, I won't mention. Okay, I won't mention. I won't mention to listen to a podcast, right, from the United States. Not a podcast. It was a live stream. It was a it was a a, a webinar. It okay. was a yeah, a webinar for their best customers, their VIPs, shall we say? Right. You know, and the content was. To me, aimed at a level like four below where these people, if these people are your best customers and you're in the photo business, you're kind of assuming because they've obviously got a lot of your gear that they're at a certain level or at least a reasonable amount of experience. Yeah, and 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 the content just wasn't even catering for that. I'm not even sure I'm even going with this, but this is this is all I'm being dealt with at the moment. It's just it's the stuff that. Yeah, whether we're just not targeting the right people, we're not, yeah, you know, not we're not thinking deeply about stuff ourselves. We're not reaching to ourselves enough to try and find the difference. Yeah, but yeah, if you as a photographer are ha- happy going out and photographing yourself pointing a torch at the Milky Way in the same spot four hundred other people have pointed torches at the Milky Way, yeah, you've got that shot now. But you know, three hundred ninety nine other people have got it too. Yeah, let me yeah, you let to, me you, put an idea to you. No, do sure. you do you think there is a possibility that over the last I don't know what we're up to now 17 18 months of of the pandemic yes. that the people who had the skills haven't been shooting as much as they used to you self admitted the same and those people who don't have the the level of skill that you have aren't getting out to do workshops like they would have pre-COVID. And so maybe 
the whole quality of output over the last 18 months has maybe slipped a bit. Maybe. No. I don't know. No, because the people people, uh, go to the workshops to learn how to point the torch at the Milky Way. (laughs) I'm dead serious. Right. That, that people are hosting workshops to take you out and how to line up a tent from the inside, right. how to how to get where, where to align your Milky Way so you can then point your torch at it. Right, you know how how to do the triggering so you can be in a shot and and, and trigger you. Yeah, right. So, so, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's that, that's not going to wash. Yeah, because that crap that crap was all there beforehand, okay. and I felt the same. I felt the same way beforehand as well. You know, fair enough. That yeah, that you know, I was trying to give you a lifeline, mate. Yeah, but why, why, do, why do we want to do this? You know, and I was, you know, I was talking at the same club talk last week. I said, you know, if you go and search up Mr. Wu and Cormorant Fisherman. Okay. Right? Yeah. You'll come up with about 500. Oh, I've never tried it, but it doesn't work at all. Uh, 500 shots of this man called Mr. Wu in China. Right. On his boat with it holding a lantern. Right. With his, with his Chinese hat on. Yeah. And uh, with a cormorant on either on his arm or at the front of the boat, with his mountains in the background, yeah, and uh, and possibly some sort of you know, commentary like Mr. Wu's fifth generation cormorant fisherman, right, is just returning from his day fishing this catch, yeah, you know. Well, Mr. Wu hasn't fished; his family probably <laughs> hasn't fished for twenty years. Yeah. I just googled it up and said, "There's one, there's two, because he's making three, a living out of charging tourists to take a four. photo of him in his boat." <laughs> okay, okay. There's only five. There's only five that's come up because probably people didn't put Mr. Wu. If I take out Mr. Wu. Yeah, and just put cormorant, fisherman, fisherman, China. Yeah, there he is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty. The, the first thirty are him. Right, all different. The front page of the Guardian. You know, it's it, it, he's, he's won. <laughs> Mister Wu's won several fo- international photo competitions that I've seen. <laughs> Mr. Wu doesn't fish. You walk up to Mr. Wu and you give him 20 US bucks or 40. It's probably gone up in price now since he won some world things. <laughs> but, yeah, if you were to go to this spot, yep. pay Mr. Wu his 40 bucks. Here he is, National Geographic, Cormorant Fisherman. <laughs> pay him his 40 US bucks. So he's probably up to 100, who knows? Yeah. And you get a crack and lacking picture. Yep. Is it going to do anything for you? Well, other than try and get you fame and notoriety, but is it actually going to satisfy the soul of the creative? I don't know. Maybe. Or is it just like the person who who goes out and, and has, a, has a phenomenal, phenomenal art of copying the grandmasters? So yeah. he, he paints. He paints. Um, yeah, all the Da Vinci's and the red Yeah, all these things to perfection. You know, and yeah. sells them, but. Surely, if you've got that talent, surely you're not satisfied with just recreating that same thing over and over again. You wouldn't think so, no. You you wouldn't think that be. I can understand it, yeah, financially why he's doing it. Yep. And I understand why people photograph Mister Wu. He has a, he's a stock photo there, Mister Wu in this one. Yeah. And I tell you, I've watched um, Thai photograph uh, tour, photographic groups and tours. Right. Set up. 
hours setting up a scene you're know, crafting where the boats are where the the this is where that element is bringing the smoke machine in waiting for the time of day getting the characters doing them up changing the clothes all this stuff <laughs> for hours to, to craft and then working for hours on the photoshop of that shot yeah, right. to make it look like they've done a, a natural travel photo yeah right and you know and the I minute mean, i set up shots all the time on tour all the time yeah. not all the time a couple of times a day yeah um, because you have to, because not everyone's got the ability to capture that kind of shot, and they're looking at it. So I get it. Yeah, there's a spontaneity there's, to but the, that where, stuff. Where's the where's the where's the the reward? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So photography photography is dead. Discuss. <laughs> yeah, I it, guess it's, to play devil's advocate, there's always going to be tourists who yes. who either go on a photo tour or are at least on holiday and find themselves in the presence of a Mr. Wu who, you know, is quite no, happy no, to... No, hang, a sec, hang a sec. Wait, 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 wait. His name's not Mr. Wu Who. It's just Mr. <laughs> Wu. <laughs> who is prepared to construct a, a contrived, you know, I- image for the benefit of the paying customer. And those people are probably content to take that contrived photo, even though they know that, you know, the family that was there half an hour before them got the same shot and the family that's going to be there half an hour after them is going to get the same shot, give or take the changes in light, because it at least gives them a cracker of an image that might be better than what they are normally capable of shooting with their own skill set, that they will be able to look back on years later and it will take them back to that time and place. So it has that benefit for them as a a trigger to, you know, latch onto those memories. As contrived as the photograph might be, it serves another purpose. Totally agree. Okay. But that's <laughs> tourists, not photographers. Sure. Okay, well... <laughs> if, you're a, if you're an amateur happy snapper and, you know, you're just taking some shots... From you, I get that's fine. Do whatever you want. That's all good and dandy. But if you're aspiring to be the art side of photography, yeah, that that that's what's drawing you is. And half of these Mister Woo's are taken by bloody good photographers because you can tell mm. by the yeah. lighting. The uh, they set them up, not Mister Woo. Mister yeah. Woo hasn't got a clue. Yeah. It's Mister Woo clue. No Woo, no clue. <laughs> I'm Mister No Clue Woo. I can never remember which which one comes first when you say Chinese names. Yeah. Uh, they've got the skills. Okay. Yeah, and I'll set it up probably, yeah, I'll right. set the same okay. shot as so, well. Okay, but so let, let me run with that then. For the photographers, yeah. many of them don't have the skills of a Glyn Lavender at this sure, moment sure. in time, and maybe... They never will do. They never will. <laughs> maybe not. But, <laughs> maybe, but maybe that's part of their learning process is, okay, I, I need to go out with someone who is a master, who understands light, who understands composition, who understands lens choices, who can teach me these skills. And, yes, I'm going to take some contrived shots in the process, yep. but part of that is just the doing, you know, it's the racking up the 10,000 hours and some of it is going to be guided by somebody else. And yes, you're going to take a lot of work that's derivative of stuff that was shot before. This is the whole Helsinki bus terminal analogy all over again, but that's part of the learning process. Um, No, it's not. (laughs) Because, because here's the thing though, I do this. But people have to learn somehow. But they don't learn. 
they'd line up and press the button. How is that learning? They don't ask questions. They don't ask if they can set it up themselves. They don't attempt to set up the shot and then ask for advice. Well, maybe they don't at the point of doing the workshop. And and, and again, all fine and good. Based on your theory, no problem with them doing any of that. But it's then what they do with that image after, where they pretend it's real. Yeah. They submit it for awards. For photo competitions. <laughs> yeah, um, and strut around like, I did this. Yeah. And that, and again, that's fine too. I've got no problem with that either. But where's the nourishment? Yeah. Where, where, how does that nourish your soul as a photographer? How does that, how does that, I, I, how does that give you joy? I look at my photos on the wall and go, oh, f- Take it down, Glenn. I've, got, I've only got one photo of mine on the wall, and I've only got that for when I do these Zoom calls. It's got something in the background. Yeah. Other than that, I don't have a single photo I've ever taken up, or even probably printed, or hardly, hardly anything even printed. Well, that's sad. Yeah. That's sad. It's not because they're all <laughs> I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of seeing them. But I guarantee your wife and your kids aren't. Oh, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll cobble them all together in a book for them. For when I'm dead, they can flip through them. Yeah, he did those. Look, all the all the fucking same. Look at that. Every shot. No, I'm not sure where his nourishment was doing that all the time. Yeah, all well, he did the same crap over and over again. How in the hell do he satisfy himself doing that? Uh, okay. You know? but I, I but still it, I still maintain that everyone learns at their own pace, and part of you know developing the skills is doing some derivative work so you come to understand the principles and to go to go back to what you were saying about you know they don't ask to set it up themselves i think most people you know if they're in a workshop situation they are going to understand that time constraints are against them being able to set it up themselves during the workshop they have to take it on board you know, what's being taught to them on the day and remember that stuff so that later on in their own time, with their own gear, in their own place, with their own model, they can go and attempt to recreate that. And hopefully, if what they were shown and, you know, uh, had explained to them has stuck, they will then be able to recreate it. And in the process of doing that in their own time, in their own place, with their own model and their own gear, they're going to make some stuff-ups and then they're going to understand why it's stuffed up. And then they're going to develop that particular skill. And it's it's just a, an iterative process. I agree. <laughs> Are you ready for it? But. but <laughs> yeah. That's a two-hour workshop. What about a 14-day tour? Oh, yeah, Okay. I still think fourteen that most, days, Bruce. Yeah, I know, but you Sometimes you know 19. what it's like when you've got, you know, whether it's a model or whether it's someone you corralled on the streets of Karachi or wherever you happen to be, you you don't always have hours and hours and hours for everyone to, you know, finesse that shot. And Depends to, how much you're paying, Mister Wu. I, how long uh, yeah, he gives okay, you for his forty true. bucks? Fair enough. Okay, uh, but again, but yeah. Still no problem with any of that. It's what they do afterwards. <laughs> well, I don't think you can speak for every client you've taught. Some I of can them speak for be. everybody on the planet, too. Come on, if you don't know me that well by now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. But, I'm not, but, uh, but uh, ones you can comment on. 
are the ones that you see entered. You can see National Geographic travel photography competition in National Geo is Mr. Wu with his freaking cormorants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I suppose that's, it's you know, no different to the stilt fishermen of Sri Lanka. Exactly. Yeah. Which I'd like to shoot as well, you know. So would uh, I. But I. And I was there do, and I didn't do it. But do it yourself. Standing up, make them stand on their heads rather than their feet. Do something different, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Have them casting towards land rather than out of the water. Yeah. You know, the catch and the fishermen pay 20 bucks. Or no, but it, it, it's just, this is what I mean about photography's dead. Yeah. Is what's out there is so homogenised. Black and white photos with red roses. Yeah, oh, spot don't colour. get me started on that well, crap. <laughs> yeah, but this is what we're doing now. Red Riding Hood in the forest is spot colour. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but it is because you don't. You, you go on Google again now and do Red Riding Hood forest photo shoot. Look how many come up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No one ever does like Hansel and Gretel. In the forest, True. same forest, you know. <laughs> yeah. No one ever does. You know, is it because it's a hot young girl? Probably. Yeah. You know, uh, no one ever photographs grandma. <laughs> yeah, they photograph Red Riding Hood all the time. <laughs> Grandma's completely, and she's about to be dead. Yeah. Get her last shot in, for God's sake, you know. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, a friend of mine uh, was, was looking for ideas. She, she she photographs the elderly. Right. And and she was looking for a tagline for her business, trying to ramp up her business. And her son came up with, I shoot old people. <laughs> Which, yeah, somewhat, somewhat a bit mean, you'd have to say, yeah. just a bit, you know. Uh, so, so I came up with a couple. Yeah. Well, coffin shots has always been, I think, it's a, it's a, it's a, missed, a missed opportunity. Yeah. But I thought last chance photos yeah. was pretty good. <laughs> and uh, like sand through the hourglass. Right. Because, you know, your time's ticking away, you know. Yeah. Or just have a clock go tick, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. Get these people to feel they better hope and get it done because you might not be here tomorrow. <laughs> not easy to come up with a tagline for for, um, for shooting codgers. No. <laughs> now we we uh, many years ago with Shelter we did a, a shoot in an old uh, people's home uh, in Benalla. Yeah. And uh, we named that one "Shoot a Lot of Codgers," which I thought was a was a uh, <laughs> on on point. <laughs> which is a great. That was a great day. I still enjoyed that day very much. But not. But unbeknownst to me, this is kind of sad. I photographed this woman. I still remember her name now, Rita. This is, yeah, 12, 13 years ago. I remember. So, so there's two wards in this old people's home. Right. There's the kind of the retirement side where people need a little bit of care. Yeah, they need to have people around sort of thing. And they were all lovely. Yeah, they were putting on their best frocks and yeah, putting the blue dye in their hair and they putting the lippy on. And, and, and the women dressed up too. <laughs> and they came out. We did beautiful photos of them, but in natural light portraits of them. Yeah. It was like we had like a group of like eight, I think, shooting. I think I think Mr. Davidson was there from memory. Right. Then we went into the other ward, which is the, the dementia ward. Yep. Yeah, and that was harrowing. Yeah, it was it was heartbreaking and 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 photographing. I remember and I photographed this beautiful lady called Rita, and she wouldn't let this little baby doll go. Right. Uh, she, she, everywhere she just hold this little baby like it's a baby. You know, really emotive picture. And yeah. then, yeah, last year when I finally, yeah, got to see my mum and she had a baby doll with her. Right. And everywhere. And, and she'd had for the, for the last eight or nine months not gone anywhere without this little baby doll in her arm. Wow. And, oh, my God, just this, 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 just funny, not funny, but, you know, Poignant. weird connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at this moment. And that, and that was the only thing that would comfort her was to have this doll. Yeah, and right. at the time, when, at the time when I was photographing Rita, I just thought, how, how desperately sad. 
you know? yeah. And then yeah. I see my mum doing it. It's like, oh, it's just soul crushing. You know? It's like, this so, again, desperately sad. But, um, but then she died, so the baby didn't matter as much. <laughs> okay. Uh, true, true story, that. Um, so photography's dead, and so is my mum. Is, is that what we're talking about? The podcast? Uh, there's, a, there's a podcast episode title. There's, there's a segue away from all that stuff, isn't it? Since 2005, Shutters Inc. has been a labour of love. But beyond the time required to produce it, there is also a financial commitment. If you find value in the podcast and would like to help keep the servers running, hit up the Patreon link, which is in the show notes. Even a couple of dollars a month will help. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. <laughs> uh, how's your week been? Two weeks. Two, two weeks been. Uh, it's been, yeah, uh, interesting. Bikes back in the workshop. Oh, they're finally getting the, the, the stuff done? Yep, so it's all done. By the... By the people, oh, it's all done. It Not, is, is it, it is. done by those people who, who stuffed you around, or done by Sa- other people? same mob? Yeah. So I, I dropped uh, it in okay. on Monday morning. I said, "Now look, can you, you know, please tell me you're going to get it done this week? Because you know, I really yeah. need it back on the road." You and they me said, around. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. get done this week. And I got a text this afternoon to say it's done. So, no. uh, so I, but I've I already had organised to go into work late on Friday morning. So yeah. Even though I, you know, potentially could have gone tomorrow morning to pick it up, which would be Thursday, I thought, no, nah, I'll just leave it as planned. Yeah. You know, I've already told work, so I'll just catch the train tomorrow and uh, and then train it down Friday morning to Parramatta and pick up the bike and then head to work. So finally, get your bike back. What a what a runaround that's been. Huh? Yeah, a little bit. God. So yeah. So yeah, but beyond that, it's all been you know business as usual, cranking out the audio books. Um, yeah, so oh. uh, did a photo shoot two weeks ago. Oh, week I saw half, that week and a half. Oh, ago. that's right. My 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 other topic for last week was this: is photography's dead. Discuss. Then it was Bruce's photos. Yeah, <laughs> was topic right. number two. <laughs> How'd you go? Was that a fun day out? It was. Yeah, it was good. So the the reason behind that was that Kath and Max were going to see Hamilton. And I had zero interest in seeing Hamilton. And so I thought, well, I'm going to be in Sydney and going to have a, you know, three hours to myself on the Saturday afternoon while they're at the show. So I thought I should organise a photo shoot. So I, you know, put a... Very proactive of you. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So uh, put out a call on Facebook and Kate, who I'd shot with before, you might remember the photos of Kate that I did. She was in that red polka dot dress out in the woods. (laughs) I think you meant to say... Not red red riding riding hood. Not a red riding hood shoot, but... But yeah, yeah, so we uh, we got together around Piermont and just did some street portraiture, and yeah, it was good. It was good to get out and shoot again. I'm sure it would have been. Yeah. So yeah, so so how'd you go with the photos? Were you happy with them? I was for you know, given that I I did feel a little bit rusty. Uh, I took my. It's weird, isn't it? Trying to get back into the swing. I said I, I, the other week I shot for the first time in the fourteen months or whatever. It was kind of. Feels a bit odd. Yeah, when you've been away from it for that long, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I took my softbox and her husband came along, so he was my voice-activated light stand. Nice. Um, which saved me having to worry about, you know, bringing a, a boom stand and sandbags and all that sort of rubbish oh, with me, which is pain, good. yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and I got out a half CTO gel and 
threw that on for a few shots and then I got experimental and put a what a I've got this other set of filters that are just a cheap set that I bought off eBay that were like five yeah. bucks for 12 filters or something. Uh, and one of them is described as turquoise blue. It's really like a cyan. And uh, so I threw that on just for some experimental stuff, knowing that it would, you know, when I balanced the skin back to, you know, regular skin tones, it would drive everything outside the fall of the flash into a real deep orange, look very apocalyptic look. Yeah. Did a few shots like that just to experiment and uh, created a, a video for my patrons uh, that sort of discussed that process and how I post-processed those images and yeah but it was it was good it was just good to get out nice. and shoot for a couple of hours you know good on you yeah so anyway i would have run out of ideas i think <laughs> no i mean it's, when you see that when you're that rusty oh yeah it's hard to come up it's hard to come up with stuff to do so let's just be derivative and do what i always know <laughs> but even 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 to do the stuff you always do is still rusty and hard to get the the brain going you know yeah so yeah so uh, yeah. anyway Good on for getting out, dude. Yeah. And then this weekend coming, yeah. so uh, Saturday morning. Okay, so in New South Wales this weekend, it's a long weekend. It's down in Melbourne too. Yes, but it's not in Queensland. No. Uh, so Saturday morning. Which is kind of ironic. Yes, because it's the Queen's birthday weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are flying up to Brisbane on Saturday morning. And that's right. You're let out of the house, aren't you? We are. Yeah, Kath had already got uh, Tuesday approved for a day off, so yeah. I asked if I could have Tuesday off as well, and that's been approved. So we're we're flying out of Newcastle like early stupid o'clock on Saturday morning, so we'll be up in Brisbane in time for breakfast, just about. Nice. Uh, so we got all of Saturday, all of Sunday, all of Monday, all of Tuesday, and then we fly out of Brisbane late tuesday night i think it's like eight o'clock or something get back into newcastle just after nine o'clock hour and a bit to drive home so we'll be home just after 10 o'clock tuesday night and then back to work wednesday but it means we get a four-day weekend nice so yeah so heading up to brizzy just gonna hang out in the city not doing anything super special just cats missing being able to get on an airplane so <laughs> that's what we're doing <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm missing get, being able to get out of the house yeah i can imagine <laughs> can imagine so uh, yeah so looking forward but, but, to that. Uh, but then again uh, well so some uh, hats from melbourne <laughs> have just gone to, to queensland uh, via all of new south wales for a couple yeah. of days so some <laughs> sets oh uh, we don't believe in lockdown you should lock us down get in the car drive out of our state which is not, not allowed to do drive all the way around new south wales up to queensland get to queensland oh i feel sick Oh, we've got COVID. Yeah. Nice people. Johnny Grace, you just dragged yeah. it halfway around the country, you yeah. mongrels. Yeah. So fingers crossed it doesn't lock the borders down for yeah. you again. Exactly. Dude, that would absolutely suck. Yep. Yeah. People are so damn selfish, you know. Yep. Uh, I felt I felt like uh, <laughs> putting up a, 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 a World War One soldier picture with a gas mask on <laughs> and uh, said, this, this guy, yeah, we asked these people to put masks on to, to, and fight for our lives. All you got to do is put a mask on too and sit at home. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's not very hard. Just, no. just do it for a couple of. It, I'm going to say this has been a damn, damn, damn hard lockdown. I've been bottom of the barrel, depressed every day for the last two weeks. Yeah, oh. but you know what? Who cares? You know, cause it's, 
we've been asked to sit inside a house with yeah. your family and watch yeah. Netflix. I mean, it's <laughs> not the end of the world. Yeah, suck it up, princess. You yeah. know, <laughs> just yeah. deal with it. But, uh, but no, I'm going to go travel into state and make everyone suffer if it all goes pear shaped. You know, I saw so, a, a photo on Facebook today. It was a like a a chalkboard A frame outside a coffee shop, and it yeah. said. Just put on the damn mask. It's not like you're being asked to wear a Collingwood jumper. <laughs> <laughs> and they just lost their coach today too, which is just... I know. It's golden. It's golden. What a funny so old couple got, of weeks. What have we, what have we got uh, I, I just, So I said I did, I did a Canberra Club talk, I said, uh, last week. I'm doing another one for the Melbourne Canberra Club on June the 17th. Right, which will be Thursday. Next week, yeah, I think isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if if anyone is if anyone in Melbourne who's out of lockdown and wants a crappy night out, uh, come down <laughs> to the Melbourne Camera Club, <laughs> where you too can learn to shoot derivative works. <laughs> yeah, you too, can, uh, and you could, you could, too can see me pretend to be passionate. <laughs> if we're not if if we're not allowed to have indoor gatherings, I'll be doing another Zoom one. Yeah, and if anyone wants to be bored in their own houses, uh, <laughs> feel free to. Get in touch, and I'll send you the uh, the link when I get it for the Zoom. Nice, know? nice. Yeah, <laughs> self promotion there. Excellent. I'm just saying, to anyone out there who's listening, if everyone are coming to talk, I'm much happier than this <laughs> on tour. <laughs> it's all good. They pay ah. me to be happy. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you pay, I smile. Ah, funny stuff. Uh, so, towards photography, what you you had a bunch of stuff I saw you said too, did you? I have. What's going on there? Okay, so the first story I came up with was, um, I I titled it Transformative Work Fair Use. Nope. So the story goes that this female photographer who produced a book back in 1996, her name is Judy Juracek, she produced a book called Surfaces, and it came out as a hard copy book and a CD-ROM. And it was basically just pictures of textures you know and what has happened is that the company that does the artwork for um oh god now capcom capcom thank you that's right i'm I'm looking at the article so yeah yeah so the this company capcom who does all the artwork for these um computer games has used a lot of the textures off the CD-ROM, and when they bundled them with the game, they didn't even rename them. They just kept the same names as they pulled off the CD-ROM, and there was absolutely no license on the CD-ROM for commercial use. You know, they were simply provided as, you know, inspiration for photographers and, you know, references and that sort of thing. And uh, so she slapped them with a $12 million lawsuit for over 200 copyright infringements of the use of her work without permission. So it'll be interesting to see whether she gets anywhere with that and, you know, whether it's bargained down to a lower price or or what. But I thought it it was interesting because in the story, uh, this was on DOI Photography. It said, you know, we, we're all familiar with this idea or this myth that if you alter a portion of an image, the image is no longer subjected to copyright laws. You know, crop it, scale it, change the colour, modify yeah. a few pixels. Um, yeah, not necessarily. So it'll be interesting to see how she goes with that and whether, uh, you know, she comes out on top and whether or not that sends a message uh, to the industry 
on a wider scale. But well, um, you should at least change the file name. Yeah, you would think, wouldn't you? <laughs> at the very least, you would think oh, so. God. Anyway, uh, the next story I found uh, was again from DIYPhotography.net. And it was all about this Balsa Chica Ecological Reserve in California, where uh, what are known as elegant terns, they are a bird, nest. And these guys were flying their drones over this tern nesting ground, crashed the drones, which freaked out the terns. The drone pilots then went off the beaten track, So that's the second infringement because they're not supposed to be flying drones inside this ecological area anyway, and then they're not meant to be going off the beaten track because you damage the habitat. And, you know, when I went off to retrieve their crashed drones, and in the process, all the terns got absolutely freaked out and abandoned 1,500 eggs that they had been incubating. Uh, So, yeah, a bit of an ecological disaster. Yeah. I had a debate with someone in Western Australia a couple of months, a month or so ago, okay. six weeks ago, about this exact same thing. Right. And she was doing a rant on Facebook about um, somebody flew their drone over a pelican colony right. there whilst they're on their eggs. And now they're irresponsible and blah, blah, on and on and on. And yeah, you'll frighten all the birds away. And I, I said, well, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense because, you know, Airborne predators of birds and their babies, I would imagine, is a fairly common threat. Yeah, and probably has been so for a couple of millennia. Eagles, hawks, stuff's coming down for their entire history of the, of the species. They've been airborne and landborne. I've watched David Attenborough show these things, so it's true, because David's the, he's the man. He's you know? the man. He's a man. He's a man. <laughs> and then... To argue further with to this woman's point is I pointed out how the Department of Conservation used drones to fly over these colonies to count the eggs and the birds in the first place. Yeah. Okay, so there's some disparity there between the fear-mongering of... Yeah. And I find it bizarre that a drone crashes into the ground in a place where people are allowed to walk. I've read the article. People, you're allowed to walk there... You're not allowed to ride bikes, not allowed to have dogs, mm. you're not allowed to fly drones. Yeah. So they're not unused to seeing people there. Mm. And I would imagine they're not, they're not unused. So I, I, I don't know why all these birds would have disappeared. I wonder how low they were flying the drones. How low does the eagle come down to swoop one of your chicks? <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it seems to be a, a strange. I'm not saying it did. That's not what caused. It. I'm just saying I don't understand why that would have caused it. Fair enough. I don't understand why the birds would have been that frightened. Yeah. That they would go against their instinct, all of them. Yeah. As opposed to a small area of, of them. Because yeah, we've all seen birds take off, fly around a bit, and they come back and land. Yeah. We've all been swooped by magpie. Protect how protective they are of their eggs and their nests. Sure. You know, that to leave for what, let's say, was a 15-minute incident, let's say. Well, who knows? They might have been buzzing up and down for two hours. I don't know. Yeah. But it's it, it's just still seeing... I don't know. It's still... It, I, I don't quite get it. Fair enough. Know? Fair enough. I, and I'm not saying... Didn't, I, just, I don't get why the birds wouldn't come back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just don't understand. What, 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 what was the... the the disconnect, what was the break that made that happen, you know, yeah. to that point, yeah. 
Who knows? Mm. But it, but it, it is odd, you yeah. know, in, in and of itself. But yeah, told people with drones again. Yeah, you know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, don't get COVID and drive through two different states when you shouldn't be. <laughs> Totally. They're probably up there with their drones. They'll probably go, oh, there's some, some rare birds nesting. Let's <laughs> drive two states with COVID so we can fly our drones over them. Yeah, we kill two birds with one stone, as they say. Well, oh, oh, no. With one drone. Oh, oh. With kill one two drone. birds with one drone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, terrible. Anyway, next. <laughs> uh, the next one is that Google has just rolled out an update to their Pixel 4 and Pixel 5 phones, which now allows the ability to shoot time lapses at night on your Pixel 4 and Pixel 5 phones. Uh, So you can create little animated GIFs out of, you know, multiple frames of your astrophotography. Uh, so there's a lot of people pretty excited about that. Uh, and at, at but, the, but yeah. I've been able to do time lapses on my phone for like eight years. Okay. There's, there's a million apps out there you can do. To, once again, not saying it's not fantastic. Oh, look, there, there probably were third-party apps that would do it as well for Android, but what I'm saying is that this is Google's official camera app for the phone. The only... The only yeah, but I mean, once again, Apple's had that for... Five years in their iOS. Okay. And I can only imagine they stole it from Android. <laughs> that's, what Apple, that's what Apple do. So, yeah, that's just bring out a better version. Of it. That, that the only thing I can see is when they say using their night site, so that sort of enhanced yep. m- like multi-HDR layering of photo. Yep. But, you know, it, it doesn't seem like a great leap forward. The technology, the night sight technology is a great leap forward. Right. The fact to be able to string you know, 10 of them in a row or whatever doesn't seem that it should have been that hard or to make happen. Yeah. yeah. I, feel, I feel like I'm being fairly argumentative this episode. <laughs> so unlike you, Glenn. <laughs> is it really? Really? Uh, in the same update, Google has also included a new locked folder in Google Photos. Uh, So if you do take any photos that you don't want people to see, uh, you can move your photos to this locked folder and it basically restricts the ability to access those images. So, you know, if you've got things you want to keep hidden. apps that have been available for years. Uh, Yeah, again. Yeah, that's where I keep all my porn. Yeah, there you go. You know? Uh, no, next. no, keeps pouring their phone bruises. It's available everywhere on the internet for free. Why would you do <laughs> Whilst we're talking phone, because well, I must have well dropped my, one of my ones in there too, yeah. is iOS 15, the new Apple uh, operating system is about to come out. And I'm sure this is a, a, also a feature available everywhere else, but who knows? It's not what I've seen. You can now take a photo of writing, say writing on a blackboard. Yep. Right, and then cut and paste it like text and paste it into a Word document. Right. And it translates into text. Yeah, so Android's had that for a couple of years. See? That's just Apple's just to make it good. Yeah. <laughs> so as I said, nothing new under the sun, Bruce. That's right. Fuji was recently hacked by uh, some ransomware, and the hackers said, this is what it's going to cost you to get all your data back, and Fuji said, blow it out your butt. We've got backups, and we will restore our servers from our backups. Thank you very much. See you later. And did not pay a cent to the hackers. I'd be interested to know what parts of their 
I'm assuming that are they holding user data? They wouldn't be holding user images, I wouldn't have thought. It just said that the company writes that the impact of the unauthorised access is confined to a specific network in Japan. That's as much detail as they've given us. So hard Could to you imagine whether- if it was online photo storage mm. in that time between their last backup and the, the ransomware attack... Who knows how many people have uploaded their photos? That's their only copies. Mm. So yeah, the, 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 you can imagine uh, in some instances that could be a really big impact. If it's simply sure. internal, who knows what? Then it might yeah. not have such a big yeah. But uh, but it, it's a it's an interesting tactic to take to say no. I mean, you have to say no. You, you can never pay any sort of ca- um, kidnappers anything because it's never going to work out well. But. No. Um, you, 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 plus, plus you're certain. inviting being hit again. Yeah, by bigger, badder people. Um, yeah. They're thinking that it was our evil, uh, or our evil being blamed for it, or, or at least their software has been, so someone's take, got a hold of our evil software and um, use part of that to attack the system. So you don't be very, very, very confident that what they got access to is not going to cause significant problems if they actually do release it right because imagine yeah imagine you've got you've invented a new type now, now, now fuji do all sorts of different types of business not just photo yeah yeah let's say let's say let's say they're in medical research yeah and they've got a cure for a type of cancer almost developed yeah and the ransomware gives people access to that yeah, all of a sudden you're talking trillions of dollars of potential business yeah. could go out the window if it gets put out into open dom- into open domain. You know, yeah. so they'd, they'd want to be very very because this happened was it two months ago in America uh, the ransomware attack on the oil pipeline, right? And uh, they paid the ransom. Yeah, the oil pipeline because uh, because they, they had to shut down the oil uh, the petrol and people were you know for weeks without fuel in parts of America. Right, and and they paid the ransom. The ransomware was taken away, uh, but then the US, one of the US wings of their cyber security, because uh, they got paid in Bitcoin, you know, right. they they went in, snuck into the system somehow, and dragged back most of that company's money. Yeah, right. Cyber terrorists. So it's yeah, you said um, it, it's it certainly seems to be becoming more prevalent. Yeah, and um, probably going to be a, a fairly big problem going forward. Definitely. You know? That's the thing with things like these. Bitcoins and this 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 cryptocurrency where yeah it's pretty hard to trace. You would imagine yeah. a lot of the stuff is so encrypted that yeah the, it opens up a whole new um, opportunities for these sort of people. You know, definitely, definitely. Yeah, anyway. the, remember a couple of months ago we featured some uh, videos of drone fly-throughs. There was the one of the bowling alley. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't remember what the others were now, but this. Absolutely epic fly-through drone footage. Well, the team that did that, I think it's the same team, uh, has done a fly-through of a wedding in progress. Now, I've watched the whole thing. It goes for about two or three minutes. It's absolutely amazing drone piloting. Flies right through this reception centre, through all of the rooms, up and down staircases, it is just amazing. And it's obviously 
all been choreographed down to the nth degree. Yeah. But it just looks amazing. It is so good. <laughs> Definitely worth watching. So, yeah, yeah, put the link in the show notes for anyone who wants to check that out. Good stuff. Now, Paul Sutton sent us a couple of stories. One was on Petapixel.com, and this was all about the fastest mass-produced lens that's ever been released, which was a Voigtlander 29mm f0.8 lens. So, um, yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch the video because I only got this story today. What what, what was the big Just, huff for? Well, thanks, Paul. I'm good on you. I appreciate it. Uh, my huff and puff was the guy who's doing the article. Right. So, okay, l- let me propose this to you. He wants to do some portraits of this lens at 0.8. Okay. What kind of background do you think you'd want to show showcase? <laughs> Something that you want to blur out. That you'd be able to see what the blur looks like? Yeah. Something that shows the beautiful bouquet of flowers? Yeah. <laughs> what did he use? I don't know. Solid backgrounds. Yeah. He shot in a studio. Yeah. Solid background. Yeah. He shot with studio lights. Yeah. So he's not showing off the low light capabilities. Yeah, but he's, but he's shooting photos of the lens he's not shooting with no no the no, lens. no he's got this all these stacks of photos of this these women in front of solid backgrounds oh with studio okay. lights right i know he's not photographing the, <laughs> photographing the lens oh, <laughs> well i was I, I hadn't scrolled as far down the story as you had you, bet, so you better was, leave that bit in bruce because i'm check. i might even check the podcast this week to see if you leave that bit in. all the photographs so he's photographing of the a solid background yeah, with the right. studio yeah. lighting so it doesn't it doesn't demonstrate yeah. the low light capabilities it doesn't show demonstrate the the bouquet oh. it it does demonstrate the fall off of depth of field yeah, which yeah, he reckons is 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 pretty good. Oh, no, I don't know. I'd really want these to be straight out of camera shots. Yeah, because otherwise it's really hard to kind of gauge. Yeah, the uh, cool lens. I just wish you'd, the guy maybe used y- used it to effect. Yeah, yeah, just just to show or keep these ones in, but show us some other ones because they don't look like they're shot at zero point eight. Well, I would I would think not. No. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's saying he's shooting between 0.8 and 8. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so F4, F5.6. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, so maybe I would just love, would love to see a, a broader range of images that maybe showcase different elements of what he this guy thinks this lens is special yeah. about, you know? Yeah. Whether it's the post-processing or the lens, but the, the, the colour is interesting. So it's co- the color reproduction, but yep. seeing that's so hard to tell unless you shoot it yourself. Whether yep. you know, what that, whether it's camera settings, whether it's light, yeah. But it's and I'm not, not going to read the article because <laughs> Paul's not listened. To, doesn't listen to this podcast long enough to realise <laughs> that that shit just doesn't happen. But yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a photographer, director, editor, and cinematographer based in Austin, Texas. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I just would like I, to have I, seen. I agree with you. All of the portraiture doesn't really play to the strengths of the lens at all yeah and i said the the the, the fall off to depth of field looks lovely yeah yeah the photos are lovely not nothing wrong with the photo it just doesn't necessarily teach me much about the lens yeah is my least uh, uh, argumentative response <laughs> <laughs> and the other story that paul sent us was about another lens 
But this one was not mass-produced, but even ah, wider. Gone for NASA. Maximum aperture. This was a very rare Zeiss 50mm f0.7 lens that was made for NASA, and they only built 10 of them. And one of them is going up for sale, and uh, they expect it to pull somewhere in the vicinity of $146,000. Presumably, that's US dollars. Uh, why they would choose 146,000, I don't know. Why they wouldn't say 145 or 150, but... I would... Who, who's selling it? <laughs> I'm just looking at that. The 38th Lights Photographica Auction is set okay, to... Okay, so offer. the reason it's 146,000... Yeah. ...is because it's not being sold in America. It's been sold probably in Germany. And let's say it's it's however many euro is what they expected. Let's say they anticipated to go to a hundred thousand euro, right? And very, then they've yep, converted yep. that to American dollars, yep. and yeah, hence hence the bizarre. Oh, I agree, it's a very bizarre uh, price, but that that was the only explanation I can think of. Yeah, that makes and of sense. course perfect, yeah. makes perfect sense. It's perfect sense. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I've got a suggestion though. Yeah, the guy from the last lens which is talked about, yeah. he should get one of these and photograph people in studio backgrounds as well and see how <laughs> but sh- See how it compares. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we really shouldn't be, because you know, Paul's the only person to send stuff in, so we should... Uh, That's right. Thank you. We're, Thanks, not, we're, not, we're not picking on Paul. Good on you, Paul. Please send us stuff. We need content like crazy. <laughs> we're too lazy to find it ourselves. That's it. <laughs> so what have you got on your list? Oh, nothing really worth talking about, probably. Uh, nothing. That's no. I've got one thing. The two things. The three things. <laughs> three things that might be mod- of moderate interest. Right. And I'll come. To, I'll go. I'll go from least interesting to slightly less least interesting. How's that? Okay. <laughs> if you ever wanted to know how to do an NFT, how to mint an NFT, yeah. You've been thinking about delving that space. There's a good article there on how to mint NFTs for photographers. Okay. And I believe it'll cost you around about seventy-five US dollars to mint an NFT. No, no, that's not how it works. No. I was listening to a podcast today where they were saying that that's what it cost him. Well, he's wrong. Yeah, that might have cost him th- that one time, but it's different every time. Okay, and it's different at different times of the day. Okay, fair enough. So it's it's how much energy is needed to generate to mint the the system, and energy prices are different at different times of the day. And energy costs uh, are different in different places. So all these incro- weird things. There's no Look, halfway there's- down the story, Wingfield said gas fees are very common and waver often. The minting fee for Cosmo Firma costs $75. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. Yeah. What if you can get it for 30 and they're charging you 75 Oh, I don't know. Because it varies all the time. Right. So if you Fair choose enough. to, if you follow the advice of how to mint, but don't use a firm that's, it's, if they're giving you a, a fixed fee, I guarantee you they're not minting them when they're $300 to have it minted. Yeah, they wait right. until it's 30 and making 45 on each one of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. so the, the, you can get it minted cheaper than 75. I'm just going to say that much. Okay, fair enough. So NFTs, they're boring. Yep. Nick Software, yeah. releasing the Nick version 4. Oh, okay. The Nick Silver FX Pro, their black and white software, yep. is the without that the absolute best black and white software in the world I have ever used. Yep. I've never seen better black and whites. Not I, I don't use it anymore. I don't have Nick software anymore. But I, I have, don't think I've done one decent black and white that I've loved since. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I use Nick software, love the black and whites. Never yeah. been happy with black and white since. So, so if you, if you love a good black and white, it's worth buying the entire program. Just, just for, for their the black, black and white. white. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the last thing, 
was, you know what a cyanotype is? Yeah. This music video guy, dude, this vi- f- f- musician, has just released a music video where the entire thing is done with cyanotypes. So right. they've animated animated the entire video with cyanotypes, hand-printed. Hand You've posted the same link under Capture One and Cyanotype. Can you send okay, me so what you, so what you're looking So what you're looking for is the actual link? Is yeah, that what you're saying to me? that would be handy. Well, that, yeah. seems, that seems like you're asking me to do an extra lot of work. <laughs> It probably seems like that, but it's really not. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, you asked me if it does the first bit of work properly. Is, is, is this is, is this more but more in tune of what you're trying to say to me? <laughs> uh, but I I watched part of it and I thought, my God, that's that is yeah, it's pretentious and ridiculous and over the top, but fabulous. So what is it? Is it a music video? It's a music video, like a three minute long music video, where every frame. Is a hand printed cyanotype image. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. I found that. That's an animate DP review. You got it? Yep. Uh, I'll give you a link then. There you go. You've done the work <laughs> for me. Just like I like it. But how incredible is that? You know, that, 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 that the amount of work involved is staggering. So, how, how did they shoot it? Well, they would, they would have photographed it, I was assuming, with film. Right. Shot, 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 and then developed and, then and printed them as cyanotype. a cyanotype. Yeah. Yikes. And then. Rephotographed every frame wow. or scanned every frame and then animated it. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So that was worth having a bit cool. of a look at because it's 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 the epic amount of work, if nothing else. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So what was the Capture One story? Oh, I can't even remember now. Oh, no, they're, they're bringing Capture One out an iPad. Oh, okay. So for I'm those sure who like there'll Capture be some, One, uh, people will be keen to hear about that. Yeah, but I wasn't keen to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, for those who care, early 2022, allegedly. Yeah, so, allegedly. Yeah. Got to keep up with Apple, though, I guess. With Adobe, I should say. Yeah. Uh, if Adobe's got all this stuff out for iPads now, I guess they've got to Everyone's you know, keep do up. the right thing. Because, I mean, it was, everything's shifting that sort of way. Like, the new Apple M1 computers are kind of a hybrid between an, an iPad and a, and a computer, the way they, they process information and right. uh, the way they run apps and stuff like that. So Right. And do you, do you have a device with an M1 chip in it? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, right. And and is it good? It's awesome. It's brilliant. Okay. Super fast. Yeah, yeah right. Amazingly good. Yep. So I love it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I so think good. we're done. Oof, thank God for that. <laughs> long live photography, I say. That's it. <laughs> Photography's dead. Long live photography. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Matt. Will you have a good week? I will. Was it out of lockdown in only, was it uh, 26 more hours? Nice. Theoretically, as long as it doesn't all go to pear shape tomorrow. Uh, 26 hours, and we're allowed to go up to, I think it's 10 kilometres from home after today. Woohoo! So, Dust off your passport. My, my <laughs> wife's supposed to be in Queensland all next week for work, and of course she's stuck here, so. Yeah, right. Not allowed to travel, so. But, anyway. 10 kilometres and allowed to actually be out of the house for more than an hour is, is, is kind of good. So Yeah. And then more, more importantly, the kids are back at school. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. Okay, mate, well, look after yourself. I hope you're getting your bike back well and sound and it's all good. And Yep. It does what it's supposed to do and the engine bits that got fixed don't fall out as you're driving along fast. Exactly. That's <laughs> yes. important. Yes. All right, mate. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to Shutters Inc. For questions, comments, and feedback, email the boys at shuttersincpodcast.com.